Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a September 19th, Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Eric Garcia Gunderson, a writer for BlazersEdge.com and the former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian. Welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed our podcasts last week as part of Crossover Week on the Locked On Podcast Network. We had David Locke from Locked On Jazz and Locked On NBA on the podcast to talk about one of Portland's long-standing division rivals, the Utah Jazz, and you know where we see those two teams fitting could be a, a first-round matchup clash. They will play four times this season, as they do with all teams in the division, because that's all the divisions really matter uh, for now, uh, is just for the schedule. But um, we could see those two teams playing against each other, perhaps in the playoffs, because you know the Jazz really got better, I think, by almost all accounts. Everyone agrees that they're going to be a better basketball team. They're getting Dante Exum back. They're getting veterans like George Hill. Who are you know who a younger veteran like George Hill who still has a lot in the tank? You have older veterans like Joe Johnson, Boris Diaw. Uh, the Jazz and the Blazers should be neck and neck. I think most of this upcoming season. So if you didn't listen to that podcast, I think it would be interesting to go listen to that podcast with David Locke from Locked On Jazz from last week. We also had Josh Lloyd on the podcast from Locked On Fantasy to talk about the Blazers' fantasy outlook. You know what guys on their team could be useful. Uh, depending on your format uh, of your league and whatnot. Then we had Fred Katz on from Lockdown Thunder uh, to talk about the Blazers and the Thunder. Again, another team where the Blazers are going to be evenly matched with them all season long. They're going to be neck and neck with them throughout the regular season. I mean, that's almost a guarantee. They're both very talented teams. Russell Westbrook, probably one of the five best players in the NBA on the Warriors, but uh, not the Warriors, excuse me, the Thunder, but then a whole lot of question marks around him. And so that could be a, a very intriguing team, uh, an important team to watch uh, throughout next season. So we talked to Fred Katz about the Thunder and you know all the changes that they went through, kind of uh, a similar situation to what Portland dealt with the year before with losing LaMarcus Aldridge by losing Kevin Durant. And so, of course, the next day we talked with Danny LaRue, the host of our new one of our newest NBA podcasts on Lockdown Podcast Network, Lockdown Warriors, to talk about the Blazers and the Warriors. Of course, we also talked about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors, what that does to their team, which is just makes them still uh, championship favorites, and uh, the Blazers are going to need something special and something unfortunate in the realm of injuries most likely to um, knock them out. But I do think that the the matchups will be good. So does Danny. We talked about those things 
uh, on our Locked On Warriors crossover podcast. And it was a lot of fun chatting with all those podcasts. We have uh, almost every NBA team now, almost every NFL team. We just added Locked On Seahawks. So I know that maybe if you're a Blazer fan, you're also a Seahawks fan. So definitely look and subscribe to Locked On Seahawks on the Locked On Podcast Network. We also have a bunch of other NFL teams. We have Fantasy. We also have Pac-12 football. So lots of variety for all the sports, for all your favorite teams on the Locked On Podcast Network. But um the crossover pods, you know, going to uh, enemy territory, so to speak, will not uh, – this will not be the only time that we do podcasts like that. Obviously, today we are not doing a podcast in that uh, in that ilk, but um, we will be doing more of those as we continue to ramp up towards training camp and the start of the NBA season. We will not stop. So just the, uh, the enemy – territory podcast i guess the crossovers if you guys like those we're going to have more of those coming up uh and we're really excited to be able to have a network like the lockdown podcast network you know with a lot of uh really knowledgeable people covering every team in the league pretty much at this point and uh i I, you know you're not going to get that anywhere else where we have you know so many knowledgeable people that are passionate about uh, all their all the respective teams in the league and great conversations last week that we had on our network as well. Uh, so really enjoyed that. But uh, another one of those rites of passage uh, that we hope that the uh, Locked On Podcast crossover week will be for you. Uh, but one of the NBA season, you know, the the off season rites of passage is is you know one of the signs that the along with the the leaves turning, I think I talked about it a little bit last week, uh, briefly, is the NBA, is the Sports Illustrated Top 100 NBA Players list. And with all the crossover pods last week, we di- I didn't really find a great place to kind of go in a little bit deeper on this breakdown of the top 100 players in the league, where the Blazers fit where where the some of the better Blazers players obviously fit in that top 100 they had three end up making the si.com top 100 players rankings I wanted to break that down a little bit more in depth and talk about what it means because again it it, it is a list you know people you know are often flippant about lists they don't like oh well that doesn't the the top 100 list has caused some actual um you know, back and forth between players, players and Sports Illustrated. People care about this list, and I think too, like the idea of the pecking order, it matters. I think the NBA Finals were a great example of why it matters. The Warriors were the greatest team. They had the player that had the greatest season individually of all time in Stephen Curry, and yet because LeBron James is the greatest player in the league, you know, irrespective of the numbers that he was putting up, you know, he really showed and rose to the occasion. And, you know, I think it matters at the end of the day. And um, Mason Plumley was made the list for the first time in his career at coming in at 93, just ahead of Cody Zeller, but behind former Blazers guard, Wesley Matthews, who came back last year, Rapidly, you know, in true Wesley Matthews fashion, playing uh, all 82 games after an Achilles injury that, you know, rupturing his Achilles, which mostly, you know, it's always a bad sign for guys in their career when they tear their Achilles, but he bounced back. And, you know, the reasoning from the SI.com guys to Rob Mahoney and Ben Golliver is that, you know, they, they, they think that he's going to have an even better year, you know, now that he's had one year under him and, you know, that makes a lot of sense. A lot of people say that too about ACL injuries that, 
guys when they come back from an ACL, they're just not the same in the first year that they're back from the ACL. And then that second year is really when you start to see them, you know, really get back to the form that they once had. I think, you know, wasn't an ACL or an Achilles injury, but I think you could kind of also see that with Paul George because, you know, he came back from that brutal leg injury, played a little bit, but wasn't able to come back a year after that injury. And then this past NBA season, he was phenomenal, carried the Pacers to the playoffs, was excellent in the Olympics. So I think it's, it takes a couple of years. So I totally respect where they went with the Wesley Matthews ranking. And then CJ McCollum was went from unranked to ranked 50th in the top 100. And Damian Lillard predictably came in ranked the highest of all the Blazers players coming in at 21st on the SI.com top 100, moving up three spots from his ranking of 24th last season. I think they're all pretty fair. I think, you know, great sign. Tons of respect, I think, for CJ McCollum. To go from unranked to the top 50 is a pretty big jump. And it is totally warranted because he went from off most people's radar to, you know, Averaging 20 points a game and being one of the best scorers in the league, one of the best mid-range jump shooters in the league, one of the best pull-up jump shooters in the league, um, one of the best handles, just one of the great games to watch in the league. I mean, CJ McCollum, I think, has a chance to crack the top 40 next season if he if he keeps on this pace. I know that the Blazers added a player who stands to take the ball out of his hands a lot in Evan Turner. However, I think McCollum's still going to have tons of opportunities and I wouldn't even be surprised to see his efficiency stay where it's at when he's not going to be asked to do as much. Obviously, Evan Turner being there will help him as much as it will help, you know, as, as much as it should help Damian Lillard in terms of alleviating the playmaking load, making it a little bit easier to run the show and still get buckets. And I think CJ McCollum is just getting started and to jump up from not being ranked at all to 50th to being you know considered a top 50 player in the league today pretty nice sign of respect but I think McCollum still has some room to grow to rise up those those rankings and then Lillard finishing 21st you know I don't think you can really ever crack the top 20 unless you can really consistently score and defend at a high level which is really hard I think one of the you know exceptions I guess to that rule is Russell Westbrook but because he does so much on, you know, in rebounding, scoring, assisting, and the fact that he gets lost a little bit on defense by trying to do too much. I mean, it's just because he's such a freak. And that's like one of the only ones where a guy like doesn't play a ton of defense and is in the top 20. And I think Lillard is trying. I think he's getting better. I think it's a, you know, a byproduct of the fact that it's the energy that he expends. I do think that getting older will help him. I do think he's going to grow into a better defender. I think Stephen Curry, by most accounts, was not a great defender for his first few years in the league. And then, you know, these past few years has really gotten it back together. The only time that he really stumbled was in the finals when he was battling a knee injury. So I think Lillard still has a really good chance to get into that, to break that top 20. But it also goes to show that, Breaking into the top 20 of the best NBA players is truly a special feat. It's not something to, um, you know, to dismiss as like, oh, well, you know, he's not a top 20 player, so he's garbage. It just shows to it just goes to show you how hard it is to make that list. And 
I, I think Lillard is slotted fair, and I think that will continue to drive him as well to try and crack that 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 top twenty. And it wasn't shocking to see any other Blazers not mentioned on this list because how could you expect them to? CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard were kind of the the marquee names, and then Mason Plumley maybe because of he played in Brooklyn, so he has that New York recognition. He also played for Duke, so he has that recognition going for him. And, you know, he just does something really unconventional in the league where he's a big man who's really good at passing the ball. But I'll say that Al Farouk Aminu probably should have been considered or could be considered to be on that list. And I think if the Blazers want to go where they want, if, if they are going to go where they hope to go, then Aminu is going to have to play his way into better consideration to be on that list because last year was his first full year. I can totally see why he didn't make the list because I can totally see the school of thought where you look at what he did last year, shooting 36% from three, defending really well, playing multiple positions and saying, I don't believe that that's going to happen again because he's never done it before. It was his last, it was his first full year being counted on to score, being counted on to shoot. And he delivered but he needs to do it for another season. And I think if the Blazers want to get to where they want to go, which is winning 50-plus games and potentially getting home court in the playoffs, he's going to have to deliver and be a you know in consideration to be a top 100-level player. That's really hard because that list is really tough to get into. I mean, Devin Booker was the 100th ranked player. And I think a lot of people think that he's going to be really good. He's one of the up and coming guys, people. I mean, he killed it at summer league. LeBron James loves him. Uh, and, you know, Alfred Camino has to compete with a lot of those younger guys as well. But I do think that he has a chance to crack that top 100 because of how much the Blazers rely on him. And I think that looking at that, the combination that he can bring of defense, shooting and rebounding, are things that every team in the league want and something that could fit in with every team, which I do think is a lot of the consideration in that SI Top 100 is the consideration of the skills of these players in a vacuum. Granted, Portland has given him the confidence and the role to excel. However, I do think that defense shooting and rebounding, if he can do it again for a second straight season, really will catapult him into at least consideration to you know potentially be there next season. Because I do think he is Portland's third most important player, even if he isn't um, maybe maybe skill-wise or in the eyes of some um, right now. But I do think he will be, again, because of you, you look at him playing four and you have he and McCollum. If he delivers what he brought last year, again this year, then everything else around Lillard, McCollum, Aminu is kind of interchangeable. And I think that that is something the Blazers need to have need to have happen. And I think that Aminu getting to that level is the only way that the Blazers really are going to get to where they want to get to. So, um, but they're not there yet. So totally understand him not getting, uh, on the top 100 or even really being considered. But, uh, another guy that has to deliver for the Blazers, a little bit of a tangent switching gears here is Alan Crabb. Uh, something I just came, was brought to me, uh, from all ball 365.net and it's a remarkable stat about Crab from last season, and that's that he shot 43% off the dribble uh, last season, his effective field goal percentage, after shooting just 9% on those attempts the previous season. And he also shot 15% better 
on catch and shoots in effective field goal percentage than he did the season before. Uh, and you know, the, those are really interesting stats. And I think they're, they're really apropos of nothing, but they also stand to show that the growth that crab made and also what players can do when they're given a new role and confidence to execute that role. Crab the season before really asked to just be a defender, just shoot when you're open from the corners or whatever. When someone swings it to you, don't create offense. It's not what we're asking you to do all of those things. And you know, his numbers weren't really good in terms of efficiency, not even just volume. And I think a lot of times you can't really get, you know, and coaches know this, but I do think, you know, that's what makes this this game so funny is that a lot of times the guys are getting the they're not getting the attempts and so they can't show how efficient they can be. But then when they get they stretch out the attempts and they get more, they show that they can even be more efficient than they were before. And I think last year that's a really big stat to kind of encapsulate how the Blazers did was a lot of guys that had never been in those roles stepping into them and then being better than anybody really thought that they could and that most people reasonably thought they could because they hadn't shown that yet in game settings. And I think it's it's really funny because it, it I think it also shows maybe, you know, how much assistant coaches, coaches, front office people know about the players they have behind closed doors and, you know, the even when they're not playing on the court, you know, they're being watched constantly. So the Blazers hoped that Crab could do this. Maybe they saw some things in him that he could do this. And it's a really interesting numbers to look at. And, uh, you know, it'll be really interesting to see whether those numbers can keep up because now it's a whole other year of these guys being on the scouting report. And so uh, guys like Crab, guys like Aminu, even CJ McCollum to an extent, are all going to have to really um, – you know, they're, they're going to develop new wrinkles to their game and they're going to have to be just as good as what they were good at last year. And that's that's the game in this business is you, you start out, you improve what you do well, you keep doing it, and then you add little wrinkles here and there to make sure that you're staying ahead of the game. And so uh, Alan Crabb, incredible mid-range shooter last year, shooter off the dribble, spot-up shooter on the catch and shoot, but uh, is going to have a lot more attention this year uh, with, you know, having a pretty similar role now for the second straight season. And the Blazers are going to need him to create the way he did and be efficient the way he was last season in order to uh, have a similar campaign to the one they had last season. But uh, thanks for joining me. My Twitter handle is at Eric underscore Gunderson. You can follow the podcast Locked On Blazers at Locked On Blazers. One word. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Of course, you can download it on Audio Boom. Also, listen to the Audio Boom app. You can listen on Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn. We're pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts. And we're going to keep ramping up uh, towards Media Day, which is here in about, I want to say, 10 days or so. Uh, and we're getting close. So, we're really excited here. We're going to have more guests. We're going to have more uh, insight from people that uh, cover other teams, from hosts in the network, not just hosts in the network as well. We're going to talk to journalists that cover the league, so we're going to try and bring you all the, the insight that you are craving as you you know ramp up here towards the start of the season. So thank you for joining me. We will be back later on in the week, and 